Welcome to the official podcast of the Milwaukee Brewers. This is Brewers on Tap. Here's the pitch. A Time to tap the keg with Lane Grindle. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 131 of Brewers on Tap. Lane Grindle with you from Cincinnati as the crew in the midst of a six-game road trip. Game one last night against the Reds, a 9-7 loss for the crew. And two more games in Cincinnati before heading off to Washington for a three-game series with the Nationals and then back home at Miller Park as this stretch run is upon us in Major League Baseball. For the past week, the Brewers going 3-2, and two, a win on Wednesday against the Reds at home at Miller Park, a win in dramatic fashion in extra innings on Friday against the Pirates at Miller Park, losing one to the Pirates on Saturday, coming back and winning the Sunday getaway day, if you will, against the Pirates. And then after an off day on Monday, Tuesday, the crew, as we just told you, fell 9-7 to at the hands of the Reds to open up this road trip. Let's take a listen to the week that was. To set up Freddie Peralta going without batting gloves, this A.B. Struck out his first time up. The pitch. Right back up the middle of base hit. Braun's going to be sent around third. There will be no throw. Freddie Peralta's first big league hit is an RBI single. Hanging breaking ball and Peralta hit it right back up the middle. Not only his first RBI and his first hit. Well done 2 nothing Brewers. Stevenson coming back. Here it is. Yelich to center and deep way back. Get up. Get up. Get out of here and gone for Christian Yelich. Wow what a shot. And the pitch. Swinging and a drive in the right center and deep. Way back. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Yelich. And it's 2 nothing Brewers on a long home run by Yelich. That one had some distance on it. Mustaka sends it to right deep. Get up. Get up. Get out of here. Gone for Mustaka's. A two-run shot and no doubt about that baby. Holmes throws. Cratch ground ball towards the middle. It is through a base hit. Aguilar scores. Perez coming home. Here's the throw. It's not in time. Eric Kratz ties the game 6-6 with two strikes and two outs in the 15th inning. The stretch. The 2-1. Line drive. Base hit right field. Lyles is going to be sent around third. Here's the throw from Polanco. It's offline. And the Brewers come back and beat the Pirates in the 15th. Orlando Arcia has this crowd going nuts. Archer is 0-1. Fly ball. Deep right. Back Polanco. Gone. The Moose with a two-run blast. 4-0 Brewers. 2-0 pitch. Fly ball, deep right center. Back Polanco. Warning track. It's gone! 
out again. Pena, two-run blast. Six-nothing Brewers. And the 1-1. One, one. Scope sends one in the air in the left center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and gone for Sidney Herman from Waukesha, Wisconsin. That's worth 250 bucks on a long home run by Jonathan Scope. It's his second as a Brewer. As Di Scofani into the windup, the 0-1 pitch, and Yelich sends this one in the air, deep center field. Hamilton going back. He won't catch that one. A monster shot off the bat of Christian Yelich, his 24th of the season, and it's a 6-2 ball game. Here comes the 1-1 to Christian Yelich. Hammered deep right. If it's fair, it's gone. It is a fair ball. Three-run homer, Christian Yelich, and the Brewers are within a run. So the crew 73 and 60 overall on the year. They are still in very good position for the postseason. Cardinals and Brewers are currently occupying the two wild card spots in the National League, and the Brewers hold a half game lead over the Diamondbacks and Rockies for the second wild card spot, with the Dodgers a game and a half back and Philadelphia two and a half back. Buckle up. This is going to be a really exciting ride over the course of the last 29 games of the 2018 regular season. Well, one of the guys that did everything he could on Tuesday night to propel the Brewers to a victory against the Reds was Christian Yelich, who hit two home runs, his first multi-home run game of his career. He now has 25 home runs on the season and is starting to garner attention to potentially be a guy that gets some MVP votes when the season's all said and done. I had a chance to go into the clubhouse with him and sit down and chat about his season thus far. Uh, I don't consider myself a platoon player right now. I'm still early in my career. I feel like I'm an everyday player. And uh, In 2015, when I got the opportunity to hit against lefties, I did a pretty good job. It's different for everyone. Um, I think every every hitter has their own plan. But whatever your strong suit is, that should be your plan. Uh, but once I got up, I, it was a little bit of a mentality. It, was, uh, it wasn't pitching to my strengths. It was trying to pitch to the hitter's weaknesses. And that's where guys get caught up in... Uh, trying to do too much now for the clubhouse conversation first off you you've been running really well since about the early uh, portions of july uh, what's been the big key for you that's kept you in this tree so to speak for such a long period of time uh i wouldn't say it was a tree or something that i didn't think that uh i wasn't capable of doing uh i think it's just uh a focus and uh, a way you go about your business every day that um, allows you to play at a level that you think you're capable of and just really going out there trying to do anything you can to help the guys win um, down the stretch and that's what it's all about and we got a chance to do something special here so uh, you know it helps you come to the yard every day with a, you know, a locked in mentality and something that uh, you have some pride in and take advantage of these opportunities that don't come around very often when the front office acquired you in January, uh, they talked about the fact that they felt like your best baseball is still ahead of you and, and you're having a career year. How much has playing in Miller Park and being a part of this lineup helped accelerate that for you? Yeah, I mean, I really haven't changed much or feel uh, any different than I have in the past. It's more of just, you know, I think there's an excitement coming to the field every day. And, um, 
I'd probably say Miller Park's a little bit better place to hit than, than Marlins Park, where I came from. But um, as far as approach and all that, uh, I wouldn't say a whole lot's changed. Christian Yelich is our guest. Let's go all the way back to spring training. You you seem like you bonded very quickly with Travis Shaw. How did that help you get kind of assimilated into the clubhouse and get comfortable uh, over the course of the first couple of weeks of spring training and into the first months or so of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say pretty close with a lot of guys. Um, you know, just getting to know everybody in spring. I didn't really know anybody coming over here, actually. I wasn't really familiar with um, many of the guys on the roster. I hadn't really know interactions. I mean, sometimes you know guys from other teams and uh, or you play with them in the past, and I, that wasn't the case here. But uh, everyone's been really cool. we got a great group of guys. I uh, made it easy to fit in, um, get to know them real fast. Uh, my locker is with Shaw, Vote, Ronnie, all those guys um, in spring training. That's kind of where we were at. And uh, myself and Travis were on a lot of the same road trips. We were kind of on the same uh, playing schedule in spring training with just the way that we were getting worked into games. So, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time just hanging out or traveling to the, the road games or whatever. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like I'm close to um, a lot of guys. I think people really like to make it just, it's just like myself and Shaw. But, uh, you know, Vote's been awesome. I know he hasn't been out there, but he's a great guy to have in the clubhouse. He's made uh, a huge difference behind the scenes with a lot of guys. And, uh, yeah, like I said, it's been a great group. I know, speaking of Vote, he's talked to me about how you've become – in his opinion, one of the real leaders of this team. Do you, do you see that in yourself? Or sometimes when you ask guys if they feel like they're one of the leaders, they shy away from saying they are. Do you see that a little bit, that, that you're one of the, the guys? Of, there's a bunch of them, but that you're one of those guys? Um, I don't know. I mean, I really take pride in playing every day and going out there every day and posting. Uh, maybe that's more of a lead-by-example um, type deal. I don't think you need to be super vocal all the time as a leader, but... Uh, something that's really important to myself and always has been is to be out there every day. Uh, I think uh, I wouldn't put that title on myself or anything like that, but uh, when you're out there grinding with the boys every night, win or lose, um, you know, I think that's one of the most important things you can do as a player is it's hard, um, you know, just because the season's so long and that's just trying to stay healthy and be out there, be available and, uh, I think it goes a long way. So that's really what I've just been trying to do and play the game hard, play it the right way. And, you know, I think when you do that, um, it's contagious and, and it just uh, brings the group together. How, how have the acquisitions of Moustakas and Scope helped kind of lengthen this lineup in your opinion? Yeah, and they're great guys too where they take pride in playing and it's a, it's a you know, it brings an edge to the team, I guess you could say, where you kind of have that grinder mentality uh, and just find, trying to find a way to win. I mean, right now at this point in the year, it's about winning games, and it's so hard to win just a game in the major leagues. Uh, it really is. You got to do a lot of things right every night just to win a game. So uh, to have guys that have been there, they've been on winning teams, winning situations, uh, it really helps us out um, not only on the field but just off the field and, and, and kind of what you want your identity to be as a team. Uh, They've been great. They've got along with everybody in the clubhouse really well. They fit in great. So uh, we really enjoyed having them. And, uh, you know, they're going to be huge for us here down this uh, last four or five weeks. Christian, we appreciate it as always. You got it. Thank you. Let's crunch the numbers in Sabermetrics 101.
This week on Sabermetrics 101, we take a look at Manny Pena. Why? Because Manny Pena is playing very good baseball right now. He's one of the top arms behind the plate in the National League, and I think everybody understood that. But the offense, which was good a year ago, got off to a very slow start this year. But that has changed. In Pena's last 18 games, which spans from July 29th to August 28th, so essentially his last month, he has a 420 average. He's 21 of 50. He has two doubles, a triple, a home run. He's driven in six in that time. Nine strikeouts, six walks, and on base percentage of 446, and an OPS north of 1,000 for Manny Pena. In this time, he has raised his batting average from 215 to 254. That's how hot he has been. Now, how has it translated on the field in terms of how has the offense taken off? with Manny Pena hitting in the bottom of the lineup, hitting in that 8th spot, sometimes the 7th spot, depending on how the lineup shakes out. How has Manny Pena impacted runs being scored? That's been the big question. Are the Brewers better offensively? And they definitely have been over the course of the last month. In these 18 games that Pena has played in, now a couple of those have been pinch hit opportunities for him, but in the 18 games that he's made an appearance in, in that month span from July 29th to August 28th, the Brewers are averaging over five runs per game. There's a couple of games in there where they only scored one run. If not for that, then this would be an even bigger number. There's a handful of sevens, a couple of eights in there as well. So Manny Pena, and the bottom of the order in general, RC has been better too. Ryan Braun not hitting in the bottom of the lineup, but his bat emerging from the right side. It has made this offense better, and it's... Still an offense that I think is waiting to take that next step to really will this team to some victories down the stretch. But this offense has been performing in a much better clip since the trade deadline. Some of that can be given to the fact that Mike Moustakas was added. Jonathan Scope just had a good homestand. That certainly helps. But a big part of it, too, has been the emergence of guys like Manny Pena, better at bats from Orlando Arcia, and, of course, Ryan Braun, who's been tremendous as well, to go along with Kane and Yelich and definitely Jesus Aguilar as well. Good stuff. Manny Pena showing that he is not just a defensive catcher. Checking in on the farm. Okay, as we go down on the farm and check the Brewers minor leagues out, let's run through the postseason picture first because three of the four full season minor league affiliates for the Brewers have a pretty good chance at being in the playoffs. One's in already, and two others have a great shot. Right now in AAA, the Colorado Springs Sky Sox, which went to the playoffs a season ago, they are sitting at 70-61 and 61 overall. They are a half game up on Oklahoma City in the American Northern Division of the Pacific Coast League. They have a doubleheader on Wednesday and then they have five games before it's all said and done, head-to-head with Oklahoma City at home in Colorado Springs. So there's going to be some twists and turns that are going to decide the American Northern Division in the Pacific Coast League. But a great chance, of course, for Colorado Springs to be in the postseason. We already know the Biloxi Shuckers are into the postseason. They won the first half title in the Southern League's South Division, and they went 41-29 and in the first half. In the second half right now, they're 39-28. and They are a half game up again in the second half, so they might win both the first and second half 
uh, in the South Division. They're 78 and 57 overall. Class A Advanced Carolina does not have uh, a shot at getting into the playoffs. They are 62 and 70 overall, 28 and 34 in their second half. But the Class A Wisconsin Timber Rattlers have a real shot at claiming the wild card spot in the Midwest League's Western Division. They are currently a half game up right now. They are 65 and 68 overall, but they are 34 and 30 in the second half. They have a half game lead currently on Beloit. So that's good news. That would be tremendous. If three of the four full season teams get into the playoffs, it's great experience for these young guys, and it shows you the kind of depth the Brewers have in their system as well. The rest of the Brewers minor league affiliates, the Helena Brewers in the rookie Pioneer League, they're sitting at 14 and 15 in their second half. They're 31 and 36 overall. And the Arizona Brewers in the rookie Arizona League are sitting at 11 and 17 in their second half of their season in the Central Division of the Arizona League. Here's some other standout performances and just notes we should pass along to you from a minor league standpoint. Christian Bethencourt uh, was named to the 2018 All-PCL team as a catcher for Colorado Springs. He's played some first base. He's certainly done some DHing as well, sharing some of the load with Jacob Nottingham and Jet Bandy down there in AAA. He's had a great year. He's hitting 294. 19 doubles, 19 home runs, and 64 RBIs. Certainly a deserving honor and very cool uh, for Christian Bethencourt. Domingo Santana has been swinging a hot stick recently as well. On Monday, he went 3-for-5 with a run, a double, a home run, and two driven in. He has really turned it on. He has eight home runs now. Uh, in AAA and uh, probably in line to maybe rejoin the Brewers at some point in September, potentially. And then Trey Supak is turning a lot of heads in AA. This is kind of what he did a year ago. He started in Class A, tore it up, went to Class A advanced, maybe didn't get off to the best start, but then really pitched well down the stretch last year. This year he began in Class A advanced Carolina, gets moved up to AA Biloxi, and he has been on some kind of run. He allowed an unearned run, over six innings for the Shuckers on Monday. That was his fifth straight winning deci decision. He started the year 0-6 with a 5-2-2 ERA. That was his first eight starts in Biloxi. Since then, he's 5-0 with a 1-1-0 ERA. He has just been outstanding. He has not allowed an earned run in five of his last seven starts, including each of his last two that spans 12 innings pitched. Very good news. Very cool stuff for some of the Brewers minor league affiliates. Let's see what's coming up. Here's what's on tap. Well, the crew's going to continue their battle for the division as the rival Cubs come to Miller Park. It's a three-game set Monday the 3rd through Wednesday the 5th. Monday, that's Labor Day, so that's a 1-10 start. Tuesdays at 7-10, Wednesdays at 7-10. Those are going to be big-time games at Miller Park between the Brewers and Cubs as the battle for the Central continues. Then the Giants come into town weekend series featuring a variety of can't-miss promotions. Friday, that's uh, the 7th, that's a 7-10 start. It's a five-county Friday. Saturday the 8th, that's Grease Night. That's a 6-10 start. Brewers T-Bird or Pink Lady T-shirt with a special ticket package. And then on Sunday the 9th, that's a Giants finale at 110. Brewers Puzzle Cube will be given away. All kids courtesy of U.S. Bank. To lock in your seats, visit Brewers.com. That is going to do it for us in episode number 131 of Brewers on Tap. Thank you for listening. We will join you again next week from Miller Park as the Brewers are in a battle with the Cubs. Have a great one, everybody. I'm Lane Grindle.